Hey everyone, this is the Health Network Podcast. It's a space to connect all different health professionals to provide the best possible care for our patients. It's also a podcast to empower listeners to prevent health problems. And I'm your host, Dr. Marcus. So to start with, Sarah, how did you become an optometrist? I have pretty poor eyesight myself from a young age. I'm quite short-sighted. So I had a lot of personal experience with going to an optometrist and seeing what an amazing change could be made for your life from seeing properly. My mum was also an optometrist, so I had a really good role model in her and watching her through her career. I always knew that I really wanted to work in health and really help people and optometry really appealed because you can make a real difference to people's lives quite quickly and really help them with their vision and their lifestyle and lots of different eye diseases. So I really enjoy it a lot. Yes, cool. Yeah, I know you're really passionate about optom and eyes. And also, what other extra training have you been doing with optom? I have done some extra study in children's vision. So Mm -hmm. this year I completed the advanced certificate in children's vision from the Australian College of Optometry. So I really enjoyed doing that. I've always had a strong interest in kids' vision and this just, yeah, gave me some extra skills to deal with kids. So it's a really important part of optometry, getting children's vision right. So I really enjoyed adding that. Yes, good. And yeah, I know you from the IPEP because you were on the committee of the IPEP. Could you tell the listeners a bit about that organization? Yes. So yeah, Marcus and I were in the um, very long name, um, Interprofessional Education and Practice Health Students Network at Melbourne Uni. So there's a group of health students from all the different health disciplines taught at Melbourne Uni. And the aim of the group was just to educate all the different health students about the skills and what each other could do for each other's patients, what each discipline could do for their patients. So it was a really fun group. And yeah, we organized conferences and seminars. And I think one of their favorite events was always the skills workshop where each health discipline would namely present one skill that they do with their patients and teach the others about it. So I think it was a really good group and fun to be involved in. And yeah, as we know, and Marcus, you're really passionate in this. The point of this podcast is getting health professionals to have a better understanding of what we can all do and work together to get better outcomes for our patients. So, yeah, I think starting at a student level was really important. Yes, cool. And what patients do you benefit in your optom? All ages. So, yes. yeah, everyone. So, um, uh, obviously, Yeah, young children, it's really important to check their eyes. A lot of eye changes and eye diseases present in middle age as well. And then um, elderly people have different concerns with their eyes. So all ages of people need optometrists, even people who don't have any problems with their vision, so to speak, so they don't need glasses or contacts. It's still really important that they get the health of their eye checked um, to make sure there are no eye diseases. Um, also lots of um, patients with different um, like systemic health concerns like mm-hmm. diabetes and 
high blood pressure and autoimmune conditions, they really um, need to visit an optometrist really regularly. So everyone. <laughs> yes, good. And yeah, also if there's like young kids who haven't been to the optometrist and then the parents don't really know if there's a problem or not, what would you say to them? Even if uh, you're not concerned about your child's vision or the child isn't complaining about anything or you haven't noticed any turned eye, it is really important that children do get their eyes checked while they're young. So if everything seems fine and you don't have any other concerns at age four or five, just before the children start school is a really good time to bring them in because kids obviously haven't experienced anything else. They don't know if their vision is different or worse than others and sometimes they find it hard to articulate any issues that they are having with their vision so a lot of children's vision disorders can go undetected and so it is really important to correct it at a young age so that the visual centers in the brain can develop properly and children don't get any lazy eyes or poor vision amblyopia in the future and also if there's like young adults or adults how often should they come in? If the patient doesn't have any other concerns with their eyes, if their vision's okay and they have no other health concerns for their eyes, every um, two or three years is appropriate just for a general check. But if you're wearing glasses or contact lenses or have any other concerns, every 12 months is appropriate to come yeah. in. Yeah, okay. And then when patients get a bit older, do they need to come in more regularly? Yeah, every... every once you're 65 and over, every 12 months, Medicare pays for an eye exam. And yeah, again, same as a young adult for the other ages. So oh, yeah. every two, two years or so, or one year if you've got any vision concerns. Cool. And does Medicare cover the cost of a lot of the treatment? It does. So it pays optometrists, if you're under 65, it pays it for a full eye exam every three years. If yeah. you're over, it pays it every one year. But if you're under 65, don't worry, optometrists can use different codes. So say you have new symptoms or have underlying condition in your eye, and they will still cover the cost of the eye exam. Although some, some optometrists do do private billing, which you will be out of pocket a little bit for, but Medicare does contribute to yeah. your eye exam. Okay, cool. And what are the kind of conditions that if someone like doesn't come in that they could get if they just haven't had any checks? Well, the big one for children is amblyopia or yeah. as yeah, I mentioned before, a lazy eye where yeah. basically if one eye for children, if one eye is a lot easier for the brain to use than the other, then the brain will just ignore the harder to focus eye and it won't mm-hmm. develop properly. So that's a really easy one to go undetected in children. In adults, glaucoma is really the easy one to for to go completely undetected because you won't really, most people don't feel a pressure rise in their eye. And uh, what glaucoma is, the, the pressure in your eye is a bit too high and it causes damage to the optic nerve at the back of the eye. So very slowly start to lose your peripheral vision and people really won't notice this happening and it it's called the sneak thief of sight because people really can't feel this so yeah glaucoma is a really um sneaky eye disease um that you won't patients won't really feel anything so they should definitely come in and get that yeah actually i do know a friend who's 
lost their eyesight from complications from diabetes and probably related with the glaucoma. And yeah. yeah. It would yeah. be good to check beforehand. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I guess that many, like a few eye conditions do cause vision changes. So macular degeneration or um, if the diabetes is really bad, it will cause blurry vision, so prompt people to come in. But, yeah, as you say, a lot of diabetic retinopathy won't necessarily affect your vision at first, so you won't necessarily know there's anything wrong. But, yeah, it's just really important to come in for regular checks. Cool. And yeah, also if there are listeners at home and then they want to know what they can do to prevent eye problems, what kind of things can they do? Well, apart from regular trips to the optometrist, definitely lots of time outside is actually really important for your eyes, particularly for children. Time outside is really protective against becoming short-sighted or myopic. So for kids who have signs of becoming short-sighted we recommend two hours outside every day and same goes for adults as well just yeah try and be outside let your eyes look into the horizon on the flip side of being outside though it is really important to protect your eyes from the sun so hat and sunglasses when you go outside because a lot of eye conditions are from sun damage yeah. Um, the other big thing, um, particularly at the moment in the pandemic, is lots of breaks from screen time. So mm-hmm. if you're uh, working on a computer or an iPad, just every 20 minutes, try and look up, look out the window, look as far away as you can, let your eyes relax. Look, only has to be 20 seconds and then come back to work. So it's called the 20-20-20 rule. So every 20 minutes, look 20 meters away for 20 seconds and then come back to your work cool that sounds easy to remember yes it it also ties in with the physio i spoke to who was saying that around every 20 minutes it's good to like get up and move around a bit definitely otherwise just sit there hunched and squinting so yeah get up and move and also don't hold things too close so if you're holding a book or a phone and what we tell little children is it has to be that far away from them so just try and um, keep things at a comfortable, appropriate working distance. Um, yes. Physios will like that as well. Okay. Oh, yeah. Also, if a patient has sleep apnea, then mm. is that an indication to come in? Yes. So, um, patients with well, sleep apnea is also another risk factor for glaucoma. So, mm. as part of our history taking um, in the general health component, we will ask. Um, if a patient has sleep apnea. So it just means that we need to be more mindful of um, regular glaucoma monitoring. Oh, yes. Yeah. I think you'd you'd have a bit to do with sleep apnea patients as well. Yes. Yep. We check inside the mouth and look for signs as well. Good. So team effort, you cover the eyes, I'll cover the mouth. Perfect. Very good. And oh, yeah, also what a certain like foods people can eat to which are good for their eyes and like to prevent eye problems get sharp vision sharp vision well the old adage of carrots is very good but even better than carrots green vegetables so um they are particularly healthy for the macula in your eyes Mm. so for preventing macular degeneration so um basically the macula is a really important part of your eye world that detailed vision comes from so you want to keep that healthy for sure so lots of leafy green veggies and 
also lots of omega-3s, so fish, salmon, walnuts, almonds, really, really good for your eyes. Yes, cool. And for patients who are smoking? Yeah, that's um, a really big risk factor for lots of eye conditions. Again, macular degeneration, smoking is a huge risk factor for. Happily, we are seeing rates of um, macular degeneration fall as Mm -hmm. the smoking rates decrease, which is great. But yeah, smoking is really bad for your eyes. Um, Big risk factor for um, macular degeneration, also glaucoma and dry eyes as well. So yeah, not great. (laughs) And then with the COVID and like lockdowns, if someone has like eye problems or they haven't had a checkup for a long time, are they able to come in? Uh, At the moment, as with many of the allied health, we are restricted to seeing kind of urgent or emergency appointments only. So new headaches or sudden changes in your vision um, can come in. But uh, otherwise, unfortunately, if you're not having any concerns, we will have to wait till more routine testing is allowed again, but hopefully that won't be too long. But yeah, so then certainly the lockdown uh, has... has increased lots of headaches for people. Um, yeah. or as in it's giving people more headaches, all the screen time is causing a lot more eye strain. So yeah, mm. headaches are a really big trigger for people to come to the optometrist as well. Okay. And sorry, our GPs are really good at referring patients who present to them with headaches mm. to the optometrist as well, because a lot of a lot of headaches can be eye-related or just good to rule out any eye uh, contribution. So is it where the eyes aren't like focusing and then that can cause like a lot of stress and strain? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, like our eyes do have to, the lens in our eye really has to focus and accommodate when we look at near things, which most people's eyes can deal with okay. But yeah, for everybody, it does need a certain amount of effort some people's eyes um, if they're long-sighted already or have some astigmatism or other concerns can really be very uncomfortable and demanding on the eyes and cause strain and generally you get kind of a frontal temporal headache um, if it's eye related can it lead to like a migraine and like expand migraines generally less so they're less mm-hmm. eye related i'm um, just like a normal headache um definitely eye related we do get a lot of people coming to the optometrist if they've had a migraine for the first time because often you get the visual aura like this mm. zag over your vision so people are um, obviously concerned about their eyes but um it is more that is more of a neurological um thing not from not from the eye more stemming from the brain so it is in the visual center in the brain which is also our concern but not really coming from an eye issue okay cool yeah and in terms of you mentioned about referrals from gps and so what kind of like team would you usually work with as an optometrist as an optometrist our main interprofessional liaisons are with Um, GPs and ophthalmologists so Mm -hmm. GPs often refer their eye patients to us so if a patient presents to the GP with a red eye or a sore eye or um, foreign body in the eye or headaches um, they'll refer them to the optometrist and we can have a closer look we've got all the equipment GPs are really good at referring their patients with diabetes high blood pressure some autoimmune conditions as well so we can be involved in the team care arrangement plans for them with GPs so then we'll write a report back to the GP. Uh, As optometrists we mainly refer to ophthalmologists who Mm -hmm. are 
um, medical doctors who specialize in eye, so they perform eye surgery. So if as optometrists we're concerned about anything in the eye that might need more oral drugs or surgery, we'll refer to the ophthalmologist. And yeah, just as a side note, optometrists can prescribe eye drops and medications, so steroids, antibiotics, um, but we can't provide uh, prescribe any oral medications. So sometimes patients do need oral medication for their eyes, in which case we'll refer to the ophthalmologist. But we also um, write a lot of reports for teachers and speech pathologists and OTs, so, um, pediatricians, particularly in relation to children. So if the child is having learning difficulties or um, troubles at school, they often refer to the optometrist just to rule out um, or ascertain how their eyes are going, whether they're contributing, and then we'll write back to the pediatrician and the child's team. So Yes, cool. Yeah. And what um, autoimmune eye conditions are there where you'd have to integrate like multiple different professionals? Professionals. So a lot of uh, autoimmune conditions, particularly arthritis, so rheumatoid arthritis, um, juvenile idiopathic arthritis, they can cause a condition in the eye called uveitis. So it's where mm. you get um, quite bad inflammation inside the eyeball. So optometrists can manage this, but sometimes um, the patient does need ophthalmology care. So we do that. There is also condition called Trojan syndrome, which mm -hmm. I'm sure you're aware with as yes. well. Um, so the patients present with like really dry, uncomfortable eyes. Also, as you know, like dry mouth. So might work with the dentist just to help diagnose because it is more of a diagnosis of um, exclusion, that one. So kind of um, collate some findings and probably involve the GP in that as well. Oh, yes. Cool. And yeah, it was really good, um, the IPEP group with doing like a lot of the activities and integrating all the health professionals. Do you yeah. feel like when you're working now, would it be good to have some more opportunities for integration? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think, yeah, it would be perfect. So as optometrists use a platform called Oculo to write our reports to GPs and ophthalmologists, so they're already quite integrated into the system, but It'd be wonderful to get some other health professionals into that as well and just more lines of communication open between the different professionals as well. So it seems like, helpful. yeah, it seems like it's challenging for younger health professionals when they don't really know the area very well and they don't really know who to refer to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And yeah, that does come with experience. You kind of learn um, who's around you, but probably as a... Um, young like if you're new to an area no matter what your age is it's just really good to go introduce yourself to other health professionals in the area and say what you can do for your patients and how you can benefit um, each other's patients so yeah just being able to meet other people makes a really good big difference so yeah I guess apart from taking yourself to other people mainly having some little sessions in each area for health professionals to meet each other would be really nice I think would be yeah help the community and you, with the oculo system so that's where there's like sharing of patient records with optometrists not our record cards but it'd just be referrals or reports that we write about the oh, yes yeah. yeah okay and with gps are they involved uh yes so we yeah. write our um reports to the gps on oculo so yep okay. really helpful. 
and with patient confidentiality are there any like issues where things any like concerns or it's quite a good system yeah it's really good and i should note not all optometrists and ophthalmologists use it um but it's they might do other like facts or other modes of communication but oculus becoming really um widely used because it is so secure it's a really secure network so you can be confident that your patient files won't be inappropriately distributed so yeah within ocular it's really really good and is it how is it different to just like emailing a referral well email is not very secure as i understand um so we're not allowed to do that so we can't even email patients their own referrals we'll have to print it and give it to them so Mm. i'm not really sure of the tech side yeah yeah i'm assured that the oculo system or software is really secure so yes okay and also um yeah what is the future of health integration and prevention how will health work like in the future in terms of optometry or so like in, yeah in terms of optometry and in terms of how it fits in with other areas what's like a the future like a really strong sort of health system to i think it would be really nice to see practices where there were lots of disciplines working within the one practice so uh, like obviously at the moment we often have dentistry practice physio practice optometry gp which works well um, equipment wise and financially we've got the setup in each practice but I think it would be nice to have practices where there are those other different health professionals within the one practice which would increase communication about each patient and um, it's easier for the patient because they can just keep all their care in the one place so that might be one thing that could be nice in the future but definitely I think communication between health professionals even even just by writing reports or phone calls or introductions would be really good yeah also do you think there'll be there are a lot of like lifestyle diseases and chronic diseases which are related to people's lifestyles yes and so do you feel like there's more of a role of like prevention to yes definitely yeah Yeah. Yeah. so yeah obviously the big one for eyes and i know a lot of other health profession is diabetes so obviously it's not always preventable but the eye involvement can be preventable so really by working together and yeah it's a huge team concern diabetes Mm. they need a lot of different um, aspects of care so um, increasing the communication between all the professionals there will um, hopefully prevent a lot of the um, worse morbid uh, outcomes for that disease Mm -hmm. particularly eye disease or diabetic eye disease does result just when the condition isn't very um, as managed as well as it could be and it seems like yeah going to see your optometrist and getting the eye test could be like a very early indicator of diabetes yes yeah yeah definitely so as soon as patients are diagnosed with diabetes they're referred to the optometrist for an initial eye exam and um, often, so what happens in early diabetic eye disease is that the blood vessels in the retina might hemorrhage or bleed a little bit. The sugar levels are going haywire up and down. So um, what we see um, in the back of the eye are just some little hemorrhages along the blood vessels. So sometimes we see them in patients who haven't officially been diagnosed with diabetes if they maybe haven't been to their GP for a while so if we see that we will refer the patient back to the GP for some further systemic workup 
and yeah and the eye it it's helpful for to have optometry exams in diabetes to prevent eye complications but they're also a really good indicator of how the rest of the body is coping with the diabetes because if we see some retinopathy in the eye which we can really easily do without any scans or invasive procedures if we see some complications it's a fairly good indicator that there might be um, some kidney problems or nerve issues so it's the eyes are a big reflection of the health of the rest of the body so um, good to get them looked at yes sounds good and yeah thank you so much sarah thanks marcus it's great yeah all your passion (laughs) up time and yeah for integrating the different health areas and yeah looking forward to working with you more yeah yeah thanks for your podcast marcus it's a great initiative thank you i hope you enjoyed the show For show notes and to keep up to date with the latest, follow the Health Network podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Please consider leaving us a review and share if you know someone that could benefit from this. Let's unite health professionals and prevent health problems.